St. Luke. Jesus told his disciples these parables. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? No disciple is superior to the teacher, but when fully trained, every disciple will be like his teacher. Why do you notice the splinter in your brother's eye, but do not perceive the wooden beam in your own? How can you say to your brother, Brother, let me remove that splinter in your eye, when you don't even notice the wooden beam in your own eye? Hypocrite. Remove the wooden beam from your eye first. Then you will see clearly to remove the splinter in your brother's eye. A good tree does not bear rotten fruit nor does a rotten tree bear good fruit. Every tree is known by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes, nor do they gather grapes from brambles. A good person, out of the store of goodness in his heart, produces good. An evil person, out of a store of evil, produces evil. For the fullness of the heart, the mouth speaks. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. I still didn't find it funny. Uh, but apparently, these were little riddles or proverbs or something that were supposed to be amusing to the folks who heard them. And I presume they were. Um, but if we think of it that way, I didn't see any of you smiling, but if we think of it that way, I think we begin to understand what Jesus is trying to do. Catch our attention with a funny little saying about something that is deadly serious. Each of these three word pictures are warnings about rival teachings, rival teachings to his teaching, rival visions of the kingdom, which were proposed as solutions to the problem that keeps us from being the people of the kingdom God has created and redeemed us to be. The problem with these other visions, these other solutions to the problem, is that they don't get to the bottom of the problem. This first is a riddle about blind leading the blind. Beware, Jesus says, of those teachings which look as though they offer guidance, but will put us all in the ditch. The next one seems to be a comment on this. Students can't advance beyond their teachers. There's no point in studying with a Pharisee. 
because all you'll end up being is another Pharisee. Jesus asks us to break away from what is offered by the generally recognized guides and come to the new way of living in which he would lead us. The next word picture, which is meant to be ridiculous, that thing about specks and beams in your eye. Um, as with the blind in that previous story, the question is this. Can you see clearly enough to lead, much less criticize, someone else? What people criticize in others often is something they perhaps unconsciously are aware of or even afraid of in themselves. The speck and the plank are a classic case of a person sensing something seriously wrong with his or her own eyes and avoiding the problem by telling someone else about a tiny problem they have with theirs. Now how do these rival teachers fit into what Jesus has to say in these little riddles? Perhaps it's because by so many of their criticisms and judgments, they were trying to impose obedience to the law in every detail while missing the law's major point. They were trying to make Israel holier and holier as a way of separating the good from the bad, their nation from the nations. But the point of the Law and the Prophets is that Israel was to be the light to the nations. They were hunting for specks in each other's eyes with magnifying glasses, but couldn't see that there was this plank, a single massive disobedience in their own. And of course, Jesus' pictures continue to be relevant today. Are there not, in our own church sometimes, great fuss made over some single detail or even some huge defect? While the main point of the law and of radical Christian witness is missed altogether. There's nothing wrong in getting the details right and certainly there's nothing wrong in correcting the defect. After all, Jesus' own word picture here ends up with the speck finally being removed from the eye. But first, we've got to deal with the plank. I think the point of all of this is, the point of God's call to Israel, the point of God's calling us, is in the fact that he hopes to produce truly human beings fashioned after the humanity of his Son, the humanity of Christ, starting first with the church. That's the point of the riddle about trees and fruit. Moral reformation, which leaves the heart untouched. The, the real problem, untouched, is going to be about as useful as tying bunches of grapes to bramble bushes. Jesus is inviting us to a way of life like his, which is so completely new. Kids, we even call it being born again. 
that it will need a real change of heart, a change deep down in our own personalities, our character. There are many alternatives to Jesus' invitation being marketed today, both in the world and in the church. Political ideologies, economic systems that are touted as what is good and what is best and what's best for the world, what's best for you and me, both in the world and in the church, as it was in his time, they don't touch the real problem. I can only be reached by not only trying to follow what he says, but trying to live as he lived. What was his politics? What was his economic system? I invite you to look at the gospel from last week and compare. I rather suspect that that passage last week was a good unpacking of the politics of God, the economic system of God. And just compare it, kids, with what we see around us, what we're invited to invest in. The question is then, are we so intent on looking for specks in other people's eyes that we miss the plank in our own? Do our Christian commitments, our Catholic convictions, our devotional pursuits, our parish programs look good, be successful on the outside, but leave our hearts untouched? As so we ask those questions of ourselves, and watch out, we're not persuaded to judge that we're already better than others in this regard. We must remember to hold as our basic rule of life what we saw in the Gospel last week, that generous, forgiving, sacrificial love that Jesus calls us to follow him in. We can't be doing this alone. We must be helping each other see the plank if we are to be of any help with the splinter. Jesus' radical way of new and abundant life is so all-embracing and I dare say all-demanding that we are tempted to think we are following him by actually settling for what are alternative ways. We must deal with the tension of together discerning what is the failure of those alternative ways, those alternative teachings, and move beyond them. Or I'm afraid, we'll end up with fruit that is nothing but thorns and briars.